The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. Tonight's song is... <laughs> your favorite podcast about whatever this is you know stuff uh we're doing a couple of songs a day i guess i guess i gotta turn sideways yeah talk into the All microphone right. uh i'm going to uh oh yeah go back over the fact that today we're going over basically t- two songs uh we're kind of being crazy with it uh the first one being hit priest and then we'll move on to big new prince if uh that <laughs> If you didn't already catch that. Um, so let's start with Ye old Hit Priest. Uh, it was released on Hex and Duckschnauer, uh, March 8th, 1982. Recorded in Iceland with uh, Grant Showbiz. I just wanted to throw that in because that album has a bunch of different places. I yeah, think. they recorded in a bunch of different spots, yeah. right? And, yeah. um, oh, and also... Because it sounds like there's only one drummer, I think there is because they were in Iceland and Paul was with them. Uh, Paul Hanley, not Paul Stanley, as I keep wanting to say <laughs> for some fucking reason today. All right, so Paul Hanley was on drums, um, and Carl couldn't make it to Iceland for whatever reason, I think. Uh-huh. Or it was during a period where he had gotten booted from the band. I can't remember. Um, it's one of those two things. Uh... So, one, I have a bunch of little things up here near the title mm-hmm. that I wrote down. One, this might be the first fall song I ever heard because it was in Silence of the Lambs. That's right. Yes. I don't know for sure because I can't remember hearing it, you know, like until later. Um, yeah, it wasn't until someone told me that that and Colin Newman's Alone are both mm. in that movie. Right. Just because I, all I knew is like, obviously the Q Lazarus song. And then there's that book of love song that's playing in the scene where the woman from book of love is being, is like acting in the movie. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know that one. Yeah. Oh, she's uh it's like a character that, that uh, Clarice is interviewing towards the end of the movie when she's finally getting closer to the bad guy. And she's working at a farm or something like that. You can hear uh, Alice every day in the background. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, this is I, the information I have. <laughs> I knew Q Lazarus. Uh, yes, uh, my wife and I covered that song once. Oh, that's right. But uh, somebody once wrote that it sounded horrible, and we were like, "Yeah, it wasn't that great." How <laughs> <laughs> honest you are about your music. <laughs> we we could have done better, probably. Um, all right. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so it probably was because I would imagine I bought that. Um, extricate tape around that time sure it would have been like probably about 91 92 so yeah who knows um two uh oh so it was in silence of lambs i have my copy of have a bleeding guess right here because i thought this was funny i think it also got stuck on um annotated okay but mark riley when talking about the song um said the thing with hip priest is that it was always tentative 
didn't matter how many times we played it. It always had that feeling of when it's going, when is it going to kick off? Uh, it's no yes. coincidence a serial killer ends up listening to it. <laughs> that was That's, pretty funny. That is perfect. Because that is exactly it with that song. It's just this, it's this tension that's in the song that just never releases. Yeah, and exactly. It gets a little louder, but even that, you're just like, oh, 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 I still don't feel good. It's like, what was that band that I only listened to a few times? Uh, karate? Yeah. They would, but they would never, it would always build, but never release ever. Yes. And it was just like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, y'all. I, I know you're back together and on. Whatever nowadays. Doing the uh, numero group. Numero. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. uh, they're they're of the age now. We're of the age that that people our age are buying yeah, yeah, over yeah. overpriced reissues of karate albums or paying way even too much way money more for originals. For, yeah. Yeah, I just remember like one time whatever. <laughs> Never mind. Um so anyway, karate, sorry. Uh Numero uno, sorry. Um, so yes, there's that. Uh, what was there's these 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 other thing. Oh yeah, um, I had never heard of this. So someone mentioned on annotated that uh, the possible origin of the song is uh, Gil Evans Miles Davis song on the Gil Evans the individual of Gil Evans album, and it's called Flute Song Hold Me. And so Flute Song is just like you know pretty placid. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the beat comes in and there's a trumpet that's like going and it does sound like it does sound like it. So it would Oh, interesting. Not exactly, of course, but it sounds enough like it. I mean, the beat's definitely yeah. the same. But I, that's kind of a standard jazz beat. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of seems that way to me. I don't know the the Gil Evans song in question. I should have listened to that before. Oh, it's okay. Uh, over here, but I, I had never even I had never heard it until then. Uh, until till then, un, until this morning, when I read that, and I was like, "Oh!" And then I listened to it. It also sounds kind of like I think Portishead might have sampled that drum. Maybe, but yeah. Kind of. Well, like again, that. I don't know the song, but maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hmm. it's the same beat, except that you know, <laughs> it's better recorded. I would say. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so that, there's that. So interesting. I I I'll have to listen to that. I I I don't know. I mean. Did, I don't. None of the members of the Falls strike me as uh, jazz heads. Jazz fans, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that one. That one was surprising to me. I, I didn't. I'm. I'm sure they listened to it, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it's you kind know, of weird. I with, with with this band, I mean, influences were coming from everywhere. So you know, it, it could very well have been that they heard it in the bar and just it stuck in their head. True. You know? True. Or like. Yeah, I was just thinking somebody listened to it and they're like, "Oh, this would be cool." Yeah, and then you know they're in practice one day and they're just like, yeah. "Here, I, I heard this beat." Or, or just like the song where they were fucking around with uh, "Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight" and then yeah, yeah. Marquis yeah, yeah, like, yeah, "There's exactly. a song." Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, okay, so before I get into things, I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast, but I know I've told you this, and I've. Still feel basically the same way. Go on. I'm pretty fair to Midland on this song. I don't oh, really. Oh yeah, you have care either this. way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like interesting. It's not horrible, but it's definitely one that if it comes up, I usually skip it if it's on a CD or something. Oh, wow. Because yeah. I'm just like, eh. and and here's why. I and this is, doesn't make any sense to me, but it's the best I could come up with in this morning. Um, 
it's kind of a one trick thing because it is just a thing where they're playing and then he gives the signal and they yeah. get loud and then they go back. You know what I mean? And that's fine. And it's, it's something I've done in songs before in bands I've played in. Sure. It's also something that isn't exactly completely new to uh, the fall, but Right. It is it is it is done a little differently because the fall will usually go into a second part from a musical perspective, like they go into a second part or whatever, right? Right. <clears throat> and this one is just the same part. Um. But yeah, I've and I and I think it's partly the words because it seems so like unlike Marky Smith. So if you believe that this is about him mm. and not like sending up a character caricature even okay. of him then it's very personal and like you know a lot of his personal songs like bill is dead or you know whatever yeah. uh i just i'm like nope that's not why i come here see you know <laughs> like, i don't and i don't know why like and you know everyone who listens to this and hates me i think you're probably right i don't know but <laughs> I just have never, I don't know, never, never clicked with me. And it's like one of the few songs on here that doesn't, you know what I mean? Huh. So yeah, whatever. I, I, <laughs> so what are your feelings on it? Oh, me? Yeah. Um, I'm, I have the opposite feeling from you. I, this is a song that um, I heard while, like, I don't think I, like I said, I don't think I caught that it was in Silence of the Lambs. Like, right. did not register at Same. all. No matter how many times <laughs> I watched it. Until the last, you know, until I learned that it was in the movie. And now that's all I can hear when that scene comes along. But um, I think it was one that might have come up in a mixtape of some sort. Even though I was already a fan of The Fall. It was one, a song I didn't, I didn't know Hex Induction Hour very well at all. And so mm-hmm. when I heard it, I was like, Oh, that's I, it just blew my mind at the time and I think I was young enough to where I was didn't know as much about music as I do now where it actually there was a novelty that may sound like the, the wrong word for it but there was something novel about it it was like whoa this is like like I said it's just the tension just keeps right, right. twisting and twisting and twisting on that song and it never really gives in and explodes or snaps it just kind of just keeps twisting and twisting and I rather appreciated that and I think there's a lot of songs that I love that kind of main maintain that same sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, it, yeah, it always did it for me. And then being <clears> able to connect it to because uh, the the next song we'll talk about, Big New Prince, like that was one that as I was getting into the fall, it was right around the time that like I think I heard that right after. Yeah, I think I I, I heard I'm Curious Orange and the Friends Experiment before I picked up Extricate, but. Um, I really, I really loved Big New Prince. Right, yeah. I thought it was yeah. a great song. And then being able to connect it with the other song, I'm like, oh, those two things are, whoa, okay. <laughs> whoa, look at me. I'm a smart music listener, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. You know, I was that impressionable adolescent age where, like, things like that were huge to me. And yeah. So, yeah. No, I can, I can completely understand that. Sure. And I know, like, it's a big, within the canon of fall, mm-hmm. of the fall, people always really like this one. Yeah. I mean, I... I you know, and it could be the fact that things I've heard that have done this were ripping off the fall before <laughs> I noticed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's completely pos- possible. Uh, there are there are definitely some early pavement songs to try to do. This oh, same yeah, thing. no, yeah. totally. There's one completely unslanted and enchanted that yeah, is yeah. this song, basically. Yeah. Um, 
Strangely, but, strangely, the thing I was thinking about with this tension and tension and tension thing does have some release to it. And it's of all bands that I could reference in this podcast, that band Silver Sun Pickups. There's, oh, like, there's right. like one song that they do that I really enjoy. I think it's called Lazy Eye. Uh-huh. And like the majority of it is just, just this one steady paced thing. And it feels very tense to me. And then it finally blows up into this big thing. And like that's pretty, that feels pretty good. Uh-huh. But yeah. there's a. Wow. Yeah, so I was just thinking of a Butterglory song that does that mm. uh, at the end of one of their right. albums. That's just really mellow, and then all of a sudden goes, just blows up, and then it ends. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Or there's that one Trackstar <clears throat> album where, I don't know if this, is, this might not connect, but there's a Trackstar album where like the last song is like this, the, they, they hit on this like repeated musical phrase. And on the CD, it just goes and goes and goes and goes for like a half hour. Nice. And doesn't go, doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't do anything. Just keeps rolling over this one same phrase over and over and over again. Well, that's pretty nice. Sort of to replicate like the lock groove. Yeah, the yeah. Of, of a record. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was really well, smart. Well, now I may have to do that. Yeah. On some please, CD. please rip that off, please. They'll never I'm know. Sure, I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Yeah. Even if they do find out. <laughs> How are they going to sue me? <laughs> they don't got no money. Neither do you? <laughs> uh, no, I was also going to crack a joke about like. It was it was like when every kid was talking about Nirvana and you could bring up the Pixies about yeah. the whole soft loud soft loud thing. Yeah, because then you would feel superior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh well, they weren't the first. <laughs> Unlike Boston. <laughs> uh, what was it Tom Sharpling said about Nirvana when he heard Nevermind? It's like, is it Fog Hat got grumpy? <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty, that was a pretty great line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just from old hometown days, I remember whenever uh, Vicious Humor like broke up and three oh, yeah. of them became the regrets. Yeah, yeah. And like the guy who ran Love Garden, which was a record store, was just like, yeah, I guess they got all pissed off and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds exactly like that. That's right. Anyway, uh so okay, well, I just wanted to cover that before we started, no, in case good, anybody good. wanted to shut it off first. <laughs> Let me skip forward to the next song, <laughs> bastards. Yeah, no, I'm, I am curious. Like, yeah, I guess this is probably one of the more beloved fall songs. It is. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, don't, I don't know why. I can't tell. Hey, you. it's you know. Um, you, I think it's fine. I love this album. Do you know? I've probably listened to it more than. A lot of people. Sure. So <laughs> I don't know, but uh, cool, yeah, man. I just, no, I, I get I you know. I'd throw that out. It just yeah. never, like I said, it never clicked with me. Um, that uh, yeah. happens sometimes. So there you go. I think if this was like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I'd have been grumpy. But now I'm just like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've that's, matured. I, I, that's why I'd like to keep you around, Bob. Hey, there we go. Um. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there's a couple of things I found from. I think annotated in from uh, the book. Um, so one is that uh, the have a bleeding guest, like there's a bit where it's, you know, hip priest uh, says that hip is a pun referring to Mark as a hipster character. And it's also an acronym for hypnotic induction process, which apparently appears in the lyrics on the first live version of the song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's a phrase referring to the act of putting someone under hypnosis. Uh, 
and then from the annotated fall, they have the hypnotic induction profile uh, was first was first outlined in Spiegel and Spiegel's Trance and Treatment in 1978. And uh, the, it's a work that focuses on a 10 minute clinical assessment procedure that relates hypnotizability uh, to personality style by, uh, you know, Sykes and everything. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. There's also a random thing once where I was talking to a psych talking about repetitive things and she was just saying yeah that that like i i told her i listened to or i told her oh, fuck sorry i got lost there for a second we were talking about repetitive things like mantras basically yeah so you know those sorts of things put you in a relaxed state saying you know i'm good enough i'm smart enough and gosh darn it people like me uh that's an old one see where that comes from um <laughs> The annotated SNL. <clears throat> um, or, you know, like that is actually relaxing and helps you move forward. Right. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if like that's why my brain usually goes to incredibly repetitive music uh, like crap yeah. rock and shit. So I think that might be true because I think that's the case for me. I think as I've gotten older, like the stuff that I listen to is more repetitive or is more like you know, enveloping and droney. Yeah. You know, there's like the noisier stuff really I gravitate towards. And I think that must be part of it where it's like, it's almost like a, a, a Zen thing where I just get relaxed as I'm listening to it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Where it drives other people in the house. <laughs> Crazy. Bananas. Yeah. I get, I get that too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I think, I think that's true. Uh, so, you that, know, that could be, I mean, you know, God knows that's probably a good reason why we love the fall so much. Cause you know, they were, <laughs> they're both droney and, uh, repetitious, strangely. Yeah. I think they even wrote a song about it. What? Um, so, yeah, hypnotic induction process. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, uh, also the induction process, hypnotic induction process is probably where the misspelled induction in the album title comes from. There you go. That's according to Paul Hanley. Um, uh, 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 you tell him, Paul. Yes. Um, there was one cool thing on the annotated. It was an interesting bit. Uh, that Prestwich could translate uh, oh, where that's... Mark's from could translate to priest's farm or priest's retreat. Yeah, uh, and if you didn't know, I guess Prestwich was basically where Mark grew up and lived for yeah. most of his life. Um, is that how you say it, Prestwich? Or he, like, God, I hope so. Prestwich. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Feel free to yell at me. I'm yeah. American. I Leave a care. comment somewhere. I, I have I have, I know many plenty you know plenty of American places I could. Like the time I was in New York and we went to Chile and everybody was like, it's Chile. Like they shook their heads at us and said, it's Chile. I was doing Motherfucker, it. it is not Chile. It's Chile. What are you talking about? Anyway. Sorry. Couch and cooch here in town. Mm -hmm. Or. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite, too. Yeah. I had a bus driver who said it was obviously his first day and he's like, couch street. And everybody on the bus is like, it's cooch. And like. He kind of looks back and is like, do they know what that means? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was like a Jamaican dude, so it was even funnier. Yeah, Because it was like, great. his accent was great. I'm not going to do no, it. No, don't. Oh, I'm not going to no. do it. But his accent, oh. asking, do they know what that means, was fucking hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> At, you know, seven in the morning. Or I, I was uh, doing a little uh, a little video about <laughs> some records and... and uh, have one by I have I have a couple now by this uh, accordion player from New Orleans whose name is Clifton Chenier. 
Oh, it's not Shinwa. And that's what I thought too. <laughs> okay. I thought it was Clifton Shinye or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And th- then someone corrected me in the comments. It's Shinier. I said, cool. Well, that, thank you, you. I didn't know. And French that's... names are the worst, especially when it comes to English, because the English yeah. on purpose will fuck up a French word. Yes, especially like, you know, New Orleans. Like they have a whole language and all then their own. That. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, Clifton. and also, I bet you can't pronounce both of my names right. <laughs> Kiss my ass. I know now. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, Mark kind of said that he had based. Well, he said that he kept thinking of Johnny Cash. Uh, oh yeah, Johnny yeah. Cash when doing the song, and he uh, he paraphrases a line from uh, "Sunday Morning Coming Down," uh, which is made famous by Johnny Cash, but written by Chris Christopherson. That's right. Um, just what is? Oh, it's I got my last clean, dirty shirt out of the wardrobe. Yeah, that's what Mark is. I can't remember the exact. It's like I put on my last or whatever. Yeah, that you basically got that. It's like you know, <laughs> someone with the closet grab and put on my last clean, dirty shirt. Yeah, it's, like, it's been or so my long. Most clean, dirty shirt or something like that. And and because and I don't drink as much anymore, I try not to listen to Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is good hangover music. It's true because yeah. that's what the song is. Yeah, exactly. It is a hangover. Yeah. Um I think that's it for me on this song. I like this that, one. I like him thinking about Johnny Cash because I, you know, uh, John, so much of Johnny Cash's music in the seventies and eighties was very faith based, and I think that was oh yeah, probably, totally. I could see him, you know, connecting Johnny Cash to this whole idea of like you know, kind of a cool preacher man, right? You know, right? Yeah, yeah. He is kind of, well, if Mark's playing a character, and, you know, lots of people seem to think that the hit priest is definitely Mark, right? And the people I was reading, like Paul, yeah, 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 yeah. and people on Annotated were all like, well, you know, even though Mark had said, well, it's it's a character, yeah, and this is supposed to be a joke, it's like, but the joke, like, missed by 100 miles, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I Yeah, I think... Growing up uh, around sort of um, more pro- quote unquote progressive churches, where like there were like the hip young right, well, there's that and too. Stuff, yeah, I think that's that's something that always stuck with me with this song. And I was like, you know, this uh. sounds like. I mean, this is just my interpretation. This just sounds like he's making fun of those people who are just like, you know, hey kids, you know, <laughs> like I was. What was the David Cross line from his uh, comedy special? It was like, you know. Well, I was hanging down at the mall with my niece and her skateboarding friends. It's like, no, no, you weren't. <laughs> but I see that, like, the, the, you know, I will admit one of the, you know, I used to go to church here for a, a little while. What? Yeah, I know. I'm just going to break that out right now. It's like kind of a hip church here in town. And oh, really? went there and okay. kind of, you know, saw right through it within like a week. So right, right. Months, like, oh, yeah, you guys are completely like conservatives all get out you're just all the trappings of hipsterdom and you're right right here it's like no no we not. listen to alternative music that's alternative right yeah christian music yeah. no we're playing death cab for cutie before the service like so kiss. like come on <laughs> right oh my goodness yeah <laughs> anyway yeah uh dark part of my past that i'm revealing here lo siento i guess oh yeah that's we're okay, you know you're, you're you you're opening up but not liking hit priest as much as the rest of the world i'm opening up to being a church oh i was gonna say point. that one of the first tapes i ever had was a striper tape because i wanted a Dope. church wanted at a church thing was it to hell the devil oh fuck yeah it was <laughs> god damn right it was <laughs> and i think that's the only i think that's the hardest 
Tsung on there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's true. And then my friend Jared and I quickly moved to Iron Maiden and Metallica and Alice Cooper and, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day. It was was the gateway drug for (laughs) kids stuck in church. Yeah, yeah. Church Sunday school. I remember the the town... That I used to live in before I moved here, and got to know like the this guy who'd moved to town and took over like one of the churches. Uh-huh. I forget which denomination it was, but he had a bunch of kids, and the of course the youngest kid was like, you know, come come here, come here, I want to play you something. It took me to this room, and he had like a too short cassette or something like that. It's this <laughs> seven, eight year old kid playing too short of this boombox, is giggling He's like, oh, it's so naughty. And it's like you're amazing, kid. <laughs> God right. Yeah. I should say I was, I was listening to uh, hip hop stuff before getting the striper tape, but you know, oh okay. Yeah. So I wasn't exactly a preacher's kid or anything. No. So <laughs> well, I, w- I did become a cop's kid at some point. And they're That's a good point. Like preacher's yeah. kids. Yeah. So basically, you know, not too far. Field. But oh yeah. Anyway, so one of the things that <laughs> reading the annotated fall about this song is, what do you take of the interpretation of? Uh, that him saying "drink the long draft, Dan." Oh, yeah. It's like him. It's like sort of like the dune. I know? have I have that on the. You have that right there. I was going to talk about it on the new big prince, but we can talk about it now. So. Oh, this is a great pivot transition point to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he talks about Paul talks about that in the book that it, I think he pulled from annotated fall. It yeah. Like. <laughs> um, but you know, no offense to Paul at all. But yeah, we um, do it. Yeah, I steal from shit people all the time. Um, I would say, like, it's so hard to fucking tell. <laughs> like, like if he was calling out someone that was nice to them, mm-hmm. who was named Dan, that's interesting. But I always found the uh, drink the long draft Dan uh, idea more believable because he ends up using drink the long draft down in new big prints. Yeah. Which yeah, I keep yeah. calling big new prints. So sorry if I do that, but uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on there, but, um, but so, so after learning that from reading annotated a few years back, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that, for some reason that made more sense to me, but the other interpretation, you know, that's fine. Like, I think I've probably brought this up on this podcast but you know there's that captain beefheart song where i feel like i said but people also hear acid so i feel oh, like yeah, acid. Yeah. i feel like i said i'm like it's probably both yeah like the, most definitely with him yeah like so career and, korea thing yeah and yeah like all those people who are doing that kind hair. of shit i'm yeah. guessing and, and and i know mark has done that in other songs so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he uses double meanings all the time so yeah uh and, and, so i don't know i don't really yeah. f- i fall on it whatever so but okay so then <clears throat> where do we get into the interpretation of what like drink the long draft are, are we talking about the there's like the myth- mythological interpretation i think that was in the annotated fall oh right but where i always heard it was just thinking about just drinking you know beer. drink a beer yeah. yeah drinking a beer quickly and yeah, it's drinking a long, a long, a yard of ale. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It kind of seems like it, that's another thing where it's like could be both. Yeah. I always, when I think of it in my mind, though, I always think of just pints. Yeah, exactly. Drinking quickly, all yeah. in one gulp, if you can, yeah. without throwing up. Uh, yeah, and, and that, that's and how that, I envision it. So yeah. yeah, and that to me gets into the the again to my original interpretation of this song about being about you know poking fun at some you know. 
some cool, you know, uh-huh. hipster priest. Kind of like kind of like the the sweary priest in uh, the second season of uh, Fleabag. <laughs> I st- I, you haven't I seen haven't it yet? seen that yet. I can loan you the Blu-ray if you want to. Okay, you check well, it out. Yeah. I, it might actually. Yeah. Uh, but I had someone tell me I should watch it not too long ago. So. It's quite good. It's uh, quite I've heard good. that. Yeah, and that's what I've heard. Yeah. But um, and I think the sweary priest is has been in a lot of shit. He played like. He was. He was. Uh, he was uh, What's his face in that Sherlock. new Holmes version, right? With Mr. Cumberbatch. Yes. Moriarty. Bucket Crunder Dunder. Yes. And uh, the <laughs> Tim from The Office. Um, yeah, he's been in a lot of shit. So yeah, I, I do like in... his. Uh, I like his. Although his voice always kind of cracks me up. So if he ever plays anything too serious, I'm always like, I don't know. It's true. Yeah. But uh, but that's just. I, me. I saw a really great clip of him and Andrew Garfield doing a piece, doing like a, a part of uh, Angels in America, like doing a segment of that. Oh, really? and that, was, wow. that was quite good. I yeah, mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure, but I'm afraid I would still crack up every time he said something. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is in everything now, Jesus, nowadays. He's kind of got that, 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 he's got that agent now. <laughs> right, right. So, anyway uh i guess that moves into yeah so i was gonna say darn is did i say it was the yorkshire dialect for me you did not but but thank you for mentioning there we go yeah yeah so it had something to do with that and i know like you know language is crazy and it's to me what's so crazy about uh the the aisles over there is just that language is so different in oh, yeah. a very short amount of time and yeah from place town to town and, from yeah county to county especially nowadays in america where people are like oh states all have a different language like no all, the states all watch and do the same shit yeah like, nowadays yeah absolutely. everybody does yeah. same shit nobody like there's what, different so accents weird. there's little bits of regionalness that, that pop in but for the most part we're all speaking the same yeah regional but most English. regionalness here is dead like it's just such a weird yeah thing. yeah like even regional food um has is going by the wayside well in a, in a way in a way yes i mean I, there are people who are trying to keep it but it's not yeah it's not i just don't think that regionalness is anything like it used to be before no it was so easy to watch on tv or whatever you know yeah and i don't know that that's the thing i i i feel that's not necessarily, well, if we're talking about food, I don't think it's necessarily an American thing. And the only reason I think about that is because uh, watching more recent episodes of Chopped, yes, I'll bring Chopped into the picture. <laughs> um, there, there was a, a series of episodes that they were like, you know, we're looking for a new sous chef. And like, whoever wins this competition is going to be, you can choose from one of the three judges who are looking for a sous chef and, you know, uh-huh. that sort of thing. And they were talking about some of the, the dishes that they make, that the, the judges were talking about dishes that they make and how they're inspired by street food in different uh, parts of the world. Okay. And I'm like, yeah. that's where the regional cuisine is still alive. Yeah. Or in street booths and, and food carts and stuff like that, which is why, you know, the food truck thing here is so great because yeah, you get a yeah. taste of that stuff where bigger, more fancy restaurants, they just Americanized or completely you know, oh, totally. watered down regional cuisine. No, it's true. I mean, and I th- I hear that. I feel that's happening with language as well. Definitely language, and that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but on that, on the food part, I guess you you are kind of right. Like most, Thank like you. I worked in a Chinese restaurant, which was totally Americanized. Oh, uh, yeah. And like it was in Manhattan, Kansas, when I was going to K State. But uh, <laughs> one of the one of the cooks <laughs> was like one of the cooks was like. 
yeah, I thought I knew how to cook Chinese food, but then I moved here and I had to relearn how to cook Chinese food. Right. And they're from Hong Kong. So it was like, you know, they were just, they were just, they thought it was shit, but whatever. You see, I I would like to know, um, because, you know, uh, you you think about going to like uh, burrito places here in town. Oh, yeah. And there's Oregon burritos. Yeah. Which are steak and French fries. Right. And a burrito. And it's like, do, do people coming from Mexico or from South America look at this and just like, what the hell happened to yeah, my cuisine? You know? Like I think this, all those people just go to all the great Mexican places around town. It's true. There are a lot go, of those. And yeah. don't go to the steak and French fry joints. Or if they do, they're like, get a load of this. Yeah. This is what they don't order that. Is. Order this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you know, I could be completely wrong. But, um, but I th- yeah, I think, the, yeah, I, I, I love... Uh, learning about language and, and sort of etymology of language and stuff like that. So thinking that, that Mark is using like sort of the Yorkshire, you know, right, pronunciation yeah. of down and connecting with Dan and, you know, sort of blending those two ideas together is, yeah. is wonderful. And I think that's another reason why I'm such a big fall fan is because he was clearly a lover of language and, Oh no, definitely. You know, digging yeah. into the, the, the variations and yeah. And I, and I do think if I haven't said it before, I do think that my, Madness of Hit Priest to move back for a second is basically just the music portion of it, not oh, sure. like the lyrics portion of it. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> new new Big Prince released October twenty fourth, nineteen eighty eight, and I am curious Orange, and uh, that was the Michael Clark ballet, mm-hmm. um, based musically not on a Gil Evans bit, but on Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part Two. Which doesn't age well. No, right? <laughs> no. There was a great bit in uh, Chris Rock's comedy special that was on last night about sort of selective outrage. But you know, oh, right. people like won't listen to R. Kelly, but are just fine with listening to Michael Jackson songs. And right. I feel the way about Gary Glitter. It's like you know, people are, you know, mm. you can be angry. Who's the Who's the guy that got? I forget who the guy is that the the host of some like kids shows in England that got outed as like a. Oh. Revert after he died. I think you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But his name doesn't come to me. It's, yeah, it's gone. It was a huge thing because huge he was thing. Jimmy Savile. That's who it was because yeah. he would, had been doing it for years and everybody knew, quote unquote. Kind of looked the I'm other making way. air quotes now. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, oh, Gary Glitter. It's I a great. He just it's got great, released from prison, didn't he? No, I was going to say I think he just got released. Yeah. Like, uh, it's a great tune, but yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, and on Annotated, they say, like, there's two or three other songs that they borrowed from Gary Glitter. Um, Not terribly surprising, considering how much in the air that music was in England in the oh, 70s. Oh, in the 70s. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. 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 Couldn't, um, couldn't avoid the dude. Yeah. Um, Neither the, could the children. Oh, sorry. No. Sorry. Oh, 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 no. What have I done? Canceled. <laughs> um, all right. So the, other, the only other cool thing I had to say, or I had to, fuck. The only other cool thing I found... On this was that uh, Danny No, on uh, who's been on the show, oh, for, yeah. uh, okay. over on Annotated. Um, apparently, there was like much like the Trouser Press Guide and mm-hmm. the three versions I have of that. There used to be a book that was called Rock Record and then New oh, Rock right, Record. Right. So Danny Dan brought this up, uh, like saying that you know. The rock record, like check the rock record, like would be checking the book to see what the discography was and all that stuff, which I thought was pretty great yeah. uh, to learn, especially because, like I said, I have like three copies of Trouser Press Guide that I, you know, I think I've found like one of them at the 
Goodwill or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't have that one yet. Yeah. Or something. I'd but love yeah. to get those again. Um, so, but yeah, now it, all that kind of stuff's online at Discogs or That's whatever. Point. Yeah. And, that's uh, interesting. I, I, I could see that just, you know, in my head, like connecting the Gary Glitter thing to that, you know, just like it being about rock music and our uh, yeah sort of uh, glorification of rock stars and stuff like that being the, the royalty of uh-huh. our time. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that makes sense. Also, uh, I think on annot- it had to be unannotated that they were talking about how, like, they weren't quite sure why he was saying William of Orange was a big priest because he had gone to war with France over Catholicism right? or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I'd totally forgotten that part of about the whole historical aspect of it. But, um, but so, like, that was part of the argument on yeah. annotated was, like, was it actually a part of the story of William of Orange or did he just want to throw this in as a remake of... Rock and roll part two. Yeah, or yeah. whatever, you know. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I w- I know when New Big Prince comes on. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> when New Big Prince comes on, I listen to that, and I, I rarely skip over it just because I like that the music for it a lot more. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Gary Glitter. <laughs> but um, uh, but <laughs> I, I do want to just, you know, I did want to just say that I thought that, like, I don't know. That that's just an interesting portion of the whole thing. Yeah, it was you know it's a song that was an early favorite of mine. It's my early fall listening. Uh, just I think oh the big the Prince yeah yeah because it was yeah big new Prince is just like it was yeah it's so catchy yeah and totally just even, even this like the repetitive you know uh, uh, melody that he's singing you know drink the long draft Dan you know just uh-huh. really it, yeah it's it it just you know the age that i was i was like yeah that's that's amazing you know yeah it has a lot of word play on it too where he's like cutting different words out you Mm -hmm. know and and uh it kind of goes in with that time period a little bit of people cutting up words even on just like dance records or rap records or something oh yeah yeah yeah. it's that kind of word play it seems like absolutely um yeah i but um because yeah the music is just like it's such a such an uh, a great example of the the bricks era of the band. Oh yeah, like yeah. Like how through her influence, she was able to take them into more of a, in an accessible area. So yeah. I'm surprised. I don't know that did maybe we should look up like what how this song did as a single, like chart on the charts. Oh yeah. Well, I I just want to tell everybody uh, Bob's wearing a Jandek on Corwood t-shirt thank today you, thank you it's a long sleeve thank you yeah. <laughs> oh i i have on my uh oh your alice co- coltrane shirt uh, nice. covered alice coltrane's uh journey in <laughs> sasha dananda we're feeling both like hip priests today that's right we are yeah. this had to have been released as a single right you would think so the big prince yeah it's a video yeah i remember seeing the video yeah. on 120 minutes and that was like a big big deal um yeah, there's no listing for like uh, like chart placements or anything like that on here. On the mm. let me let me just I'm, if you scroll if you scroll if you're at annotated and you scroll down to like fall tracks or one of those. Oh, okay. Say, yeah, I'm on the I'm on their the Wikipedia. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, it you know it Wikipedia. Um, it, it oh, here we go. Said here we go. Probably, yeah. Big new prints. <clears throat> Oh, weird, because it's not like listed as a single all on its own. It's listed as a single. It's like a 
a B-side of the Jerusalem single oh. with Acid Priest, Big New Prince, and Wrong Place, Right Time. And that was like number 59 on the, uh, the UK charts. Oh, interesting. Which is still pretty good. No, yeah, definitely. But that's that's as, that's as well as as Hey Luciani did, and only, <laughs> only one step behind uh, Telephone Thing, which was fifty eight on the UK charts. It's hmm. still weird to me because uh, I feel like that song should have done much better, considering how much you Eng- would think England, so. England loves recycling music and loves you know recycling cover songs that they turn into hits, you know. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and loves their second whatever like theme country country song oh yeah. Is, yeah jerusalem yeah yeah it's yeah unofficial i guess is it's... what i would meant to say <laughs> <laughs> what is that anywho i'm sorry i just got oh no it's okay just got thrown by something happening in the the, the order that i'm doing for groceries um <laughs> yeah I, it's yeah again it's it's interesting to me that through that era of the fall there weren't more songs that really caught on to become bigger hits than their cover of Victoria was like the biggest right. single they had. Or uh, didn't Ghost of My House do pretty well? It did pretty well, yeah. Mm. That one did pretty well, and uh, their version of White Lightning, oh right, hit like the lower reaches of the charts, but still just like it's see. But again, see, think of those three songs, covers, all three of them. Yeah, those are know? all covers. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> uh, people. <laughs> People don't want to hear anything new. They only want to hear yep. shit that they've already heard. And so doing a cover is a good way to get people to buy your shit. Yeah. It's the same reason that there are so many, any major <clears throat> artist uh, that you could think of has done a Christmas album or holiday. Oh, album yeah. Because yeah. that's an easy way to make some money. Cause it's also the same reason why I've seen this commercial now on hulu or whatever where this girl is singing and the one time i listened to it it sounded like 300 other songs i have heard right. in the last 15 years because they all sound the same now it's like they all have the same voice and the same music and i'm not just saying that because i'm a fucking old man i'm saying that because i'm a really pissed off old man <laughs> no i'm saying it because i'm saying it because uh it really does seem like Pop, like pop music at least used to change every 10 years yeah. somewhat and it hasn't in a long time no it's true and it's just weird to hear it is really weird to yeah. be like this could have come out when i was 15 or yesterday right i don't know i the thing about the, the thing about like british like british popular music and hopefully some people <clears> who are <throat> british listeners will probably get in on this conversation with us somehow their charts are can be so freaking weird sometimes. Like the theme from Mr. Blobby can hit the top of the charts. Like uh, oh, and those all those Christmas songs that hit the yeah, top. And, yeah, yeah. Well, they're trying to just like you know bolster a Christmas number one is the big thing. But yeah, it's my our our mutual friend Ryan uh, has been collecting these like. Um, Oh, that's right. So, there's, you know, there's like now that's what I call music compilations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been getting these like sort of yearbook edition records that have been coming out recently uh-huh. where it's just like tracking like, you know, 30 songs from a, a single year of that were hits. There were top 20 hits in, in England. Uh-huh. And there's just it's a baffling mix of music. And some of it's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like Blue Monday and 
Don't You Want Me should be on this, but what is this doing here? And I can't think of the examples of some of the songs there. It's like, you know. Tie a yellow ribbon. Yeah, like how does, how do Bucks Fizz become as popular as they did? Like what's going on over there? I can't figure out, their their celebrity culture is so mind-blowing to me. We're like, you can be kind of famous a Uh little bit and sustain that as a career for the next 40 years. Right, right. Meaning Rolf Harris. I mean, that guy won't go away. Another cancel. Yeah. I'm just saying he didn't. He wouldn't. He didn't go away for a while. But 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 right. And I feel like America might have had that up to the 70s into the 80s. But then like the 80s kind of killed all of that. Yeah. And this there's a bit of that churn happening again. But it's yeah. it's you know you know for some of those folks in England at least they like tried to produce something like music or or some sort of thing where it's like right most of the famous people we have now are just they just look good. That's totally. All, that's all we got. They own a sweatshop to make clothes. Yeah. They look sexy as hell. Yeah. And they sound exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they, the, the, the contributions that they're having to society are not artistic. They're just like completely right. Yeah. Completely capitalistic. Oh, great. Now we're going to get some. Oh, God. Ones. I just started that. I just opened up that can of worms. I'm sorry. <laughs> no one's. No one. It's okay, Bob. Nobody listens to this anyway. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're all fun. of our British listeners are, you know, probably grousing about. You hating hip priest, me mentioning Bucks Fizz. They're <laughs> probably unsubs- talking about America. You can, you can hear them unsubscribing all the way on the other side of the Atlantic, you know? All five of them. All five of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, all right. Uh, that's all I've got. Yeah. Sorry for taking a couple of months off, but, you know, it we happens. We have life. We have lives. Lives. Work, uh, holidays. Yeah. Stuff's going on, man. Oh, I did. Uh, here, Here's a little bit about America. Uh, I went to Kansas, which is where I'm from. Yeah. And there's not one, but two liquor stores uh, in Southeast Kansas, where I'm from. Uh-huh. Uh, where the, apparently the last guy, the last name of the guy who owns them is Dick. <laughs> yep. There is a Dick Liquor in Chanute and a Dick Liquor 2 in Erie, Kansas. So there you go. That's Kansas for Meet you. Us, but... Out here, out here in the Portland metro area, we can still go get some, you know, snacks at Wanker's Corner. <laughs> I used uh, I used to have a Wanker's Corner T-shirt that I got when I worked at Value Village when I first lived out here. Excellent. I wore it until the printing came off, basically. We need because I loved wearing that shirt. We need to just like get. A I bunch should of go their... back out there and yeah. Yeah, we need to get a bunch of their gear and sell it to British people. You know. Uh, yeah, that's true. They I had need, totally forgotten about Wanker's Corner. Yeah, I don't even know that I've been to Wanker's Corner. No, I sure haven't. And we should probably go. Yeah, I think road trip sometime soon. Yeah, my birthday's coming up. I'll be officially an old man. We when, can go when's to... the birthday? Uh, the end of April. The end of April. Yeah. So we'll see. Good, what's good going. to be vague about that on here because you don't want people like. I don't want people tracking me down. Your identity and tracking Fine. you down. It's on. It's on Walpurgis Nacht. Oh. <laughs> well, everyone knows when that is. It's April thirtieth. <laughs> April thirtieth. Okay, thank you. But are we, yeah, Speaking like, of birthdays, we're 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 I'll taping be officially this old. Huh? Well, like how old? Officially old. I don't like know. Like fifty. Fifty. Oh, oh, you're gonna be fifty. So my yeah. sister's turning fifty this year too. This is yeah. my friend Mark's. That's fine. It's fine. Who's who's. What? My friend Mark Lore is turning 50, and oh. uh, my sister is also turning 50. Oh, no. I, yeah, yeah. I, I've met your sister. I've probably met Mark. You probably met Mark as well. There's a lot, Yeah, so I've, I've been making a mix of Will? songs. Oh. <laughs> Will? <laughs> 
three, in fact. Uh, I've been making a mix of songs that were made in 1973 and really surprised, or released, not made yeah. necessarily. But I'm really surprised at how many albums that I have grown to love over the years were made the year I was born. That's interesting. It's kind of weird. I had a thing where I was look, thinking about songs that came out about when I was like three or four. Oh. And how those generate such weird nostalgic feelings in me. There's that. I've made I've made uh, mixes like that. Yeah. One is one my favorite and one that everybody loves. And this is totally off topic, but nah. I'm gonna go ahead and leave it in. Please fuck do it. it. Yeah. Come on. It's called Coked Up Seventies Dad. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad wasn't a coke doer, but uh, but all these songs were obviously from coked up musicians. So, but Amazing. it has like. A lot of yacht rock shit on it, but everybody loves it, and it just always that time period always reminds me of uh, driving with my family during the golden hour to go camping or something. Yeah, and yeah. so like all the songs sound like that. So I think that's why it works out so. Yeah, well. I think that that tracks. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of birthdays, I think we didn't even mention that we we're taping this on Marky oh, Smith's fuck. That's birthday. That's right. This is Marky Smith's birthday. I meant to say that first. Yeah. So he would have been 66, I believe, today. So I think that's right. Uh, happy birthday to him. Yeah. Uh, posthumous Wherever birthday. you may be. I will not say heavenly because, not because of Mark, but because I refuse to say heavenly. <laughs> I will only or, talk, or because of Mark, whatever you want to feel. I will only talk about Heavenly if we're talking about this, the British pop band. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Only if there's at least one to two girls in the band. Thank you. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, everybody. Well, thanks, Budge. Be well. Bye, why, bye, bye, why. But I teach Cause I'm a hypocrite I'm as clean As a pack of chocolate treats What time feast was Treo Greece? Hip priest That's hip, hip.